Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pause for a second. I know you're in the middle of something dope, but I wanted to make sure I tell you about a course over at Flash Film Academy that changed the game for me. It literally took my business from attracting mostly low-end clients to consistently landing and closing bigger clients with bigger budgets. It's called the five key steps for creating an effective portfolio that converts. If you're a photographer, videographer, editor, colorist, or graphic designer, it's very simple. This course teaches you how to take what your brand does well and present those things in a way that help the clients understand how your brand can solve their problems. When clients are trying to make a decision on why or even if they should work with you, blasting them with your best video clips set to music won't cut it anymore. It doesn't set you apart, show value, or help buyers in the process of making a decision. This course teaches you how to create a commercial for your brand providing a first impression that will help 10x your ability to land quality clients. Remember, if you can't effectively tell your story, clients won't hire you to effectively tell their story. Go to flashfilmacademy.com today to get started. Use promo code POD5, that's P-O-D-5, to save 15% off this course. This podcast is sponsored by flashfilmacademy.com. If you're into photography, filmmaking, or video production, FlashFilmAcademy.com is an online training platform designed to help you monetize your passion. There's a ton of information online to help you capture a better image, but there's only one place you need to go if your goal is to make a living doing what you love. Enroll today to get three free courses. FlashFilmAcademy.com. It's time to turn your passion into profit. Save 25% off your first course when you use promo code THAT25. That's T-H-A-T-2-5. This is a Flash Film Media Podcast. Today, we're talking about being a content creator after COVID. What is what is things going to look like after COVID, right? Today, we're going to talk about that and how to prepare for that. We're not going to, it's not going to be a three hour, three hour version uh, this week. Just want to keep it real with you. Um, it's going to be a shorter version. So if you got questions, make sure you pop them on screen um, so we can definitely get to it. All right. You're listening to Content and Cash, a Flash Film Academy podcast. If you want to learn how to take pretty pictures, this is not the place. But if you're ready to make a living by learning the business behind the camera, buckle up. Because it's time to turn passion into profit with your host, Ty Turner. Before we even get started with the podcast, I want to introduce something new to you. 
If you're tired of missing these live streams or missing videos, we have a new service where we can text you when we go live or launch a new video. All you got to do is text flash film to 74121. That's one word flash film to 74121. All right, let's get started. We got we got everybody getting ready to sign on and we're going to pop a few people on here real quick. What's going on, guys? What's going on? Hope y'all can hear me. Hear you loud and clear. What's going on, man? What's the word? What's the word? All right. Let me hide some of these graphics real quick. Let's pop screens in a little closer. So make sure I got there we go. There we go. Okay, cool. So again, I want to make sure I kind of go over a few things that's going to change after COVID. Is it me or your mic is not is muffled? It sound, sound muffled. Let me cut it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, now it's good. Do it sound good now? Yes. Okay. I just had to cut it up. I cut it down last time because I felt like it was a little too bassy. With the Rodecaster Pro, it had a little too. It was making it a little too bassy, and I don't really, <laughs> I don't really need all that. So, with, with that being said, let me kind of let me go over a few things, and then we can jump into questions, and we can go from there. So, a few things you'll notice right now with. Any type of broadcasting, any type of news, any type of outlets is you're kind of noticing that the iPhone front facing camera has become almost the industry standard for remote video. Like it is what what one person can say, oh, I don't know if, you know, that quality may not be enough has almost been just the standard. One of the companies that are that's using it a lot is ESPN. If you watch a lot of ESPN, almost the whole draft was shot with a iPhone um, other than, um, you know, the commissioner making the picks anytime it went to uh, a GM or a player at home, it was shot from an iPhone. And I did a little research and they all received pretty much a iPhone 11 uh, with a ring light kit that they set up connected to their Wi-Fi. Um, and they ran, uh, I forgot the name of the app, but it's a, it's an app that you can purchase. It's a real high end live streaming app that you can purchase. So you can jump in and out. And then someone sat back and managed the 250 streams, uh, that came in so that viewers can see them live. So one thing that's really big though, a lot of new cameras and new gear and new technologies coming out, what's winning the battle Right now, it's convenient. It's not going to be a arms race of quality like it was two years ago, where one guy had 4K, one guy had HD. Clients don't care too much because once you get past really a 5D Mark II as far as image quality, you're you're in the game. So a light life after COVID means you're going to have to step up your ability to tell stories, your ability to solve problems, your ability to do more than offer just graphics. Um, that's one part of it. The second part of it is if you have anything to do with events, you're going to have to have the ability to go live and live with a multi-camera setup. For me, like I said, you know, my sling is the thing for me. That's one of my favorites, but there's plenty of other ways to do it. You don't got to do it the way I do it. Just have the ability to do it. You can do a standard switcher that's going right into a Elgato Cam Link 4K, and you can do it that way. You don't have to do it the way I do it. You just have to be ready to do it. Um, wireless is better. If you can do wireless, perfect. If not, you can always do, you know, the most simple camera setup for an event is a wide camera, close-up, whole stage, presenter and you can jump back and forth between those two if you need to set it up and go but those are two things that you need 
to make sure as you move forward, you have those two things covered. Um, as well as the need for content for social media is going to continue to grow, right? Because a lot of people are, you know, they're at home, they're bored, they're on their device. Companies are starting to realize that's where it's at and they want to invest in that. So making sure you have the ability to create content specifically for a certain um, social media platform. So a lot of virtual, uh, not virtual, but vertical video um, and things like that is, is will definitely work for um, creating that. Let me make sure I got it. So it's something that you want to keep in mind. Do a lot of vertical videos, practice with them just to see how certain that that style of video can help certain brands. You know, just practice with it. I'm not saying you're going to do a lot of it, but just just have it. Um, and then keep in mind, start start to work on creating very short content that get to the point. Right. When you uh, when you go on YouTube, you know, you look at all of these insurance companies that have eight second commercials, eight second commercials. They're killing the game with an eight second commercial. Think about going to your um, your client and they're looking to do advertising on social media and you present the idea of an eight second commercial. Hey, not only can we shoot the commercial we want, but we can shoot an eight second version for YouTube that'll play and get the message across before they have the opportunity to um, skip it. Somebody got to launch the uh, sparkle camera or whatever that is. I'm going to let you launch your sparkle camera, bro. Um, so it's something that you want to keep in mind uh, as you as you grow the business, and that's just an opportunity you can offer the client that the average guy isn't looking to offer. They're just saying, we can do whatever you want, but to go in with suggestions on how they can make things better will definitely help you. And being in a, being in a social media YouTube dominant world, a eight second commercial is, is priceless. And it's something that it can be an add on to, um, it can be a, what's going on guys. It can be an add on to what they currently have or to what you're currently selling that can bring you an extra 10, 20, 30% to whatever price that they have. That's another um, a la carte item that they can check on, on their proposal and say, you know what, let's do an eight second version for YouTube. Even if they don't understand, create some content to show them how effective these are or what companies are using it. Again, like I said last time to help show value or one of the easiest ways to show value is to show people what they're missing, how much money they're missing. If you see Geico and all these big companies doing eight second commercials, you may want to jump on. And another big thing is if you watch sports, you're noticing like certain games, they are showing commercials without even pulling away from the game. They're showing an eight second commercial in the corner you know, Liberty Mutual does it like crazy. And you see all these damn Liberty Mutual, everything, and they'll show the game and they'll pull out and Liberty Mutual, blah, 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 and go right back in the game. So really short form commercials or advertising or marketing is definitely the key to the future. And those things are important after COVID. Um, another thing you got to keep in mind as well, and I tell people, if you while you're home, if you have free time, Build your brand because when the economy turns back around, if you have your sales up and you're ready to catch that win, you will see a significant change. Every time there's a drop, people go back out and they want to shop and go do everything. Um, there, there's no way you can you can uh, look at the situation and don't understand that when people don't have to wear masks and they can go out and go back to parties and bars and all of this, they're not going to go and they're not going to indulge in that opportunity. They're going to overdose 
and being out in concerts and things like that. So if you have a niche that caters to any of that, anything social, any events, you got to make sure you're walking into your client and you're expressing this to them. Hey, I want you to realize that when things turn around, they're going to turn around for the good. And we want to make sure you're in a position to take advantage of that. We want to make sure that you've been in the client's mind while they've been bored and locked up in the house that you, you know, your events are up front and center and, you know, you have the right content to, to keep them informed on what's going on and how fast it's going on. Some places can't open up fast enough. Um, so you want to make sure that you put all of that in your tool toolbox when you go talk to a client about video or content or photography or anything. You want to make sure you approach them and say, hey, this is what's going to happen. This is what usually happened. This is what's going to happen. Are you in a position? Are you in a position to take advantage of it? If not, let me help you get there. And, you know, helping you get there isn't always a $50,000 super commercial. It can be an eight second quick info commercial. It can be something quick, small, cheap to help build trust, or that can be an add on to something big that you decide to pitch them. So it's always something to think about when you go and you talk to a client and that client is interested in content, no matter what it is. You got to know that things are turning around. Pocketbooks are going to open. Pockets are going to open. And people are going to be looking to spend a lot of money. And I, I really think that this holiday season, believe it or not, is going to be a really good holiday season because people like to shop. And nothing's going to stop people from Black Friday sales. And nothing's going to stop people from you know, buying things. Now, I personally think Cyber Monday, this is going to be the biggest Cyber Monday we've ever seen. Um, I think people are just going to buy a lot online, those who don't want to get out. But a lot of people feel like cold weather is going to kind of kill the virus a little bit or make it a little bit harder to spread. So they may get out a little bit. I mean, you, you know, it's just depending on where you are in the country. So that's something to think about um, and look for as well. But make sure you you right now, whatever you're doing right now, when it comes to looking at your website, looking at products and packages you offer, you need to be getting ready for the holiday season, right? You need to be putting together holiday packages. You need to be thinking about covering holiday events um, and offering holiday style content for your client. Right now is the time where they start to gear up for that. It's even too late to start doing Halloween. Like most most clients or most companies who are preparing for Halloween, they're kind of almost done right now. Usually by October 1st, you usually have everything done and you're looking for final approval. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying they're usually two to three months ahead. Right now we're preparing for Thanksgiving, Black Friday, um, and, you know, Christmas. That's why you're starting to hear about a lot of technology that's dropping, you know, Xboxes and Playstations and pre-orders are happening now for the holiday season. Um, you're starting to see some leaks of Black Friday deals and things like that. That that's getting ready for the holiday season. And you as a content creator need to be approaching clients with that in mind. How can we help you build and create for the holiday season? Right now, if you go over to a client and say, hey, we want to help you. Or we we shoot video. So what? Go up to a client right now and say, hey, we help. We, we create content for Thanksgiving. We create content for Christmas or, or the holidays or we're creating creating content for the first of the year. If you're working with gyms, everybody and their mama know January is when they make their most money because you got they're, they're restarting. They're re everybody's restarting their diet and everything and they're getting ready to go back in the gym. So if you have a gym, 
If you're working with a gym, they memberships skyrocket in January. So now is the time to to work with them. You almost want to get ready because during that downtime between Thanksgiving uh, and Christmas is where you can start to work on things like Valentine's Day, depending on what your target audience is. So you want to stay ahead of holidays. And because you're working with businesses that are usually three months ahead, you want to start to pitch those ideas to them. Because I guarantee you, you're going you're gonna to meet one or two companies that's like, ah, oh, you know what? We got to get the ball rolling on that. You're right. Let's let's start to discuss it. Or, hey, put me in the calendar for next week and come in and let's talk about it. So you want to stay ahead of the curve in business. If you're late, it, it's, it's not going to happen. I'm already working on content on what are your top 10 you know, um, top 10 um, things that should be on your, your shopping list for photographers in 2020. Those are things that I like to get out in October and November. Um, so you want to stay on top of that content um, or stay on top of those products so that you can approach your company or your clients and offer it. I don't care what type of client you have. If they make, if they make money, they have a business, they do something for the holidays. Period. If you're working with churches, if you're working with anybody, they're doing something for the holidays. So approach them with the product, something they they may not thought about, something they're not thinking about. And it's an opportunity for you to 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 kind of get that client to spend money with you again. Um, So even going through the covid situation and in in hopes that it'll clear up by next summer, um, you still want to help clients make it through it. They may not be able to afford a 30 second video and, and, you know, for you to pitch something to a client or go to a client and say, Hey, eight second videos are popping right now. I know business is slow and you don't have, you know, you may not be in a position to get a $6,000 video, but we can do a $1,000 video. That's eight seconds. That's very effective that viewers can't skip on YouTube. So something to think about in a way you can kind of position it to your clients to push it. You may also want to create content for yourself in that way for your brand and your business to go after your target audience. Um, and it's something to think about Uh good, good guy down there. Eli, he has story to record story to record can do a five second, eight second snippet about why you want to record, um, you know, stories from your loved ones this holiday season in front of the tree, things like that. So it, it will be a great, um, a great platform uh, for him to use for himself to help get in front of new clients. And that can work on both Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. So it's just something, little things like that you can do for yourself to get in front of clients as well. Uh, so something you definitely, definitely want to think about. So before I open it up, I want to make sure I, I drill down on one thing that has happened or I have really noticed during COVID is the fact that it's, Viewers don't care about quality. They don't care about quality as much as we care about quality. We're the perfectionists. We're the, we're the artists. You know, we care as an artist, you care about the canvas and the paint. The buyer don't care what kind of canvas is on. They don't care what type of paint it is. They don't care if it's expensive paint handmade from Brazil, or you went and took finger paint out of your kids Fisher price. They don't care. They care about the finished product. They care about what's hanging on the wall um, and look based on what companies are doing and what's going live right now, consistently every night shows local news stations are, are broadcasting on cell phones. I mean, you know, national news stations are broadcasting on cell phones 
And I've always predicted we're going to get to a point where you're going to walk onto a job with an iPad and you're going to do the job and nobody's going to bat an eye and nobody's going to care. Um, and COVID has sped that process up. Unlike, you know, usually eight years ago, 10 years ago, you couldn't walk into a job with a with a picture camera, a DSLR and record video. People would look at you like you crazy. You had to have one of them big old cameras with the hand grip and the shoulder pad and the huge lens and you know what I'm saying? Before that, you had to have damn near a backpack with the batteries and the suitcase. Y'all old school had the suitcase with the tape in it. And so things are getting smaller and smaller. And we're going to get to a point where you're filming with an iPad. You're filming with something little. So keep that in mind as we move forward. All right. Um, let's get ready to open up. Let's chop it up and let's talk a little bit. I want to make sure you guys uh, get you guys back on the, back in the full screen, the full swing of things. And um, how y'all doing this week? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Everybody good? good? good. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. How you doing? I'm living. I'm living. I'm just you know, just living. Just 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 trying to take things to the next level. Take things to the next level. Big, big shout out again to my guy Parker that's killing it on the graphics. I mean, we got we got all kind of new graphics. I don't mean to cut you guys off on the right, but we got all kind of new graphics, man. Guys killing it over there. So if you uh if y'all need graphics, make sure you uh make sure you definitely support the guy. Look at that. That's just that's that's cash money taking over for the nine nine and the two thousand right there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so so what's going on this week? How you guys doing? Anybody got anything new? Any Anybody close any million dollar sales? Have some stuff that's hopefully gonna form and okay. that's coming up. And I they wanted like some seminars. They're gonna do like a, a series of seminars, mm-hmm. and so they wanted that to be recorded. And 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 and, and they're really webinars. So I was thinking about and, and they wanted four of them. So I was gonna offer to do perhaps like a sixty second or thirty second commercial for each of them so that they can market that across across like facebook mm-hmm. and to drive people to the webinars because they're they they're working to get more buyers and sellers for homes so they work with mortgages and and they also sell homes and so that's kind of what i'm what i'm working on right now it it looked like yeah. you are uh you are coming live from the the sun right now like you're just right on the sun <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> That's it's what's up. Than, it's much better. It, 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 it's much better than what my room looks like. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. And one thing I've been testing out is is our Facebook videos, and I noticed that that the attention span on Facebook is really really short, and because people would watch like two or three seconds of the video, and 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 then the retention is literally just drops off completely, mm-hmm. and so I've been trying to get better at. It finding ways to capture attention and then I, and and before i never really understood why someone would want a 15 second video but then I, but now i'm really starting to really understand the value of that yeah. as well as like an eight second video because people's attention span is so short so you have to get the message out there as quickly as possible it seems like so and so is there any tips on on how to capture people's attention like quickly oh yeah definitely i'm glad you asked that because i can go right yeah that's so the thing is like the the hard thing is capturing people's attention within that short period of time if you start yeah. to look at your feed, you're going to start to see a lot of weird videos. 
You're going to see people lighting cameras on fire. You're going to see people throwing cameras in water based off. And, and this is based off my feed because I, I go through a lot of camera stuff. And some of you may have seen it, but it's weird things to make you say, what? The goal is what they call is to make you stop your scroll. As you're scrolling, they want you to stop your scroll. And you want to be as colorful, as bright, yeah. as crazy as possible within the first second just to get people to say, what is this? You know, it's kind of, it's like a thumbnail, right? The crazier and brighter the thumbnail, the better. Um, and, and sometimes attention spans are short, but when, but when you start to see cutoff points, you got to go back in the video and look at something you may have said or done is, you know, is turning people off. For me, it's something that I recently started looking at on live feeds. Those who are watching live, love it. Those who are watching that aren't live usually cut off after a certain point. And usually for me, that certain point is somewhere, if I do an hour live, three hour live, it's around 50 minutes. It don't matter how good it is, how many jewels I'm dropping, 50 minutes, people are like, okay, gotta go. Um, and that is a little bit longer on podcasts. So, you know, it's a little bit longer when people are listening and they can continue to do what it is they wanna do. But 50 minutes is usually the cutoff, no matter how much information I provide. I can literally, give you a credit card number in like two hours and 13 minutes and, and like one or two people will get it. So um, you want to kind of just stay creative and try to do something different in the first eight seconds. Do When I say different, I mean something colorful. Um, start with some drone shots. Start with something that moves crazy. And the fact that you're even working with home builders, there's so many add-ons you can add, like drone shots and things like that, like adding maps and doing graphics. Like one time we had a home builder's, um, where we took, um, we, we took video of surrounding like certain stuff. Like, um, it was like, a like a mall and a school that was nearby. We took drone shots of that and showed how it is in relation to where these new homes were. So sometimes we would provide, you know, graphical content so that they can use on their website or on the listing. And sometimes we would do a video, we zoom out and kind of flew to the house, but sped it up where it's like three seconds just to make it look like it's really close or just to show how close it is. Yeah. So it's, it's different ways of doing it. Yeah. And, yeah, and I noticed that, that, that a lot of people don't even watch the video with the sound on for, cause they're just scrolling through. So a lot of times I think that we can say something that will catch their attention. That's not always the case cause they don't have the sound on all the time. So, so you, you usually want to start with words on the screen yeah. Like colorful and word. If you like, as I say this, you're gonna go back and look at it and notice that you're either gonna see an icon and be like, turn on sound, or you're gonna see words pop up just to flick yeah. and like get your attention. Mm -hmm. There's different ways of doing it, and a lot of companies A B test stuff just to see how they work. They'll have two versions. One version is mostly this, another version is mostly that, just so they can see how how they're working. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's something to keep in mind. Or again, it's something that. You can work with a client and another checkbox is our ability to A-B test it. We're going to create two versions of this video. One is maybe text-based, heavily text-based. The other is heavily audio-based or, or something like that. And we can A-B test it. And if, you, if they're setting up marketing for themselves, it gives them the ability to do it. If you're setting up marketing for them, there's a section for you to A-B test it. Or just run two ads at a time and just see what gets the most attention. Okay, yeah. That's good. And that's an opportunity for you to create a whole second video, um, you know, or at least a second version um, that, that can make you more money. Mm -hmm. 
Because because tools like that, clients, it helps clients just be more efficient. Um, mm-hmm. it, if I'm paying for, a, you know, if I'm paying for a company to create my Google ad, I want them to create three different versions. Unless, you know, I want them to say, hey, we're going to watch it for a day to see what works best. And then we're going to shift everything to that version. I don't want them to say, all right, we're going to put this out here and we're going to hope this works. <laughs> you want them yeah. to you want them to a b test it or at least professionals and experts they tend to do a lot more a b testing they don't no one will admit that they know what everybody want you know but they they can help you create a solution or create um a situation where we can try to determine what's most po- most popular for and what works best for you yeah okay well that's great so if you go in there talking like that they'll be like oh man this guy knows his stuff you know, we should definitely create two versions because, you know what I'm saying? And they're like, wow, yeah, okay, perfect. I mean, even like, like even let's say if it was anything political, like if you're creating something political, you're creating the red version and the blue version. You know, anything, anything like that, you're creating two versions. You're creating a version to keep people that's already on your side, and then you're creating a version in hopes that you can bring people over to your side, and you'll run two different ads. And that's just a that's just a way to, for you, it, it, you know, you're not gonna probably do much more filming. You'll probably do an extra hour of editing because you're tweaking little things. For yeah. me, for me, I ran the A/B test with my uh, demo reel, right? With my demo reel, I initially um, had uh, images of just Barack Obama, um, and I didn't have images of Trump. Uh, even though I had images, I didn't use them on my reel. And I honestly wasn't thinking of a, it, it wasn't a political move. It was just like, oh, here I forgot I had these. Let's throw these in there. And, you know, at that point, like literally when it showed that, I was watch, I was noticing a dip. So what I did was added both candidates. I added, you know, one from one side, one from the other. I added Trump and I Barack Obama. And mm-hmm. that dip will go down and then shoot back up. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I just have to remember I'm in Texas. Like, and that's cool. You know, everybody money's green. So, I, you know, that was just something that I learned. Um, and I just couldn't figure out, like, why am I getting a dip right there? Like, it's the president. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But everybody's views and opinions aren't those of mine. And, and you have to give them something. So if you go political, you want to try to balance it out. Um, so, so that's kind of, you know, what I did. Um, and that can be the case in anything in home buying. I mean, there may be some people that want to spend 500,000 on a home and some people that want to spend a hundred thousand on a home. You don't want to turn away everybody, somebody with $400,000 just cause you only got a $500,000 house. You may want to show some variety or test little things like that, or at least present it to your client. And Hey, I think we should test both, you know, and just to see, just to see what happens. And you'd be surprised at your results sometime. Hmm. Nice. So, and that's just something just you, can, a, you can throw on. Throw on, There's some stuff you can throw on the wall and see if it sticks. My bad. Who's that? Oh, sorry about that. Just a side note, Marvin. If you need a second hand, I'm in Washington too. So, just okay, yeah. just saying, you and I are really okay. close. So, are y'all are, yeah. Washington State? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna fly out there for some of them shoes, Mike. I'll be seeing them oh. shoes, man. <laughs> water, man. I'll be seeing what's up. <laughs> if you need uh if you need you know i'm I'm not touching the camera though i got like the baby oil and lotion or whatever <laughs> yeah. see i did not tell you i was trying to get away from that man i'm trying to get the bag not the booty hey man, right? man. You, you, need, hey. you need a baby oil pulling you back in <laughs> you need a baby oil specialist out there with the gopro on my head like uh, i got you just let me know 
If y'all don't follow him on Instagram, you probably don't know what I'm talking about. Go follow him on Instagram and make sure you make sure your wife not around when you add him on there. Uh, make sure you got the label. To, to, it's safe for work, but just make yes, sure you it's safe for work. <laughs> uh, but just try to revert to. Um, I had a quick discussion with my beta tester today, mm-hmm. and before we uh, had a formal sit down to uh, diagnose the problem that he had, he already had ideas on what he wants. He and he wanted like a seven, basically uh, a seven minute video about like the new patient, like walk through how to go through his clinic, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. My question to you is: Should I? Uh, should I follow his request and do it because he already knows what he wants or should I dive in deeper? Maybe there's something deeper to find the root cause or am I overthinking it again? No, no, no. I, I think, I think you have the right thinking for it. Um, I think I want to take his problem and what he's asking for and even and dive deeper. Cause if you can dive deeper to uncover some things he hadn't thought about it, it, it swings the pendulum back over to you being the expert and not just giving them what he want. So, so always take what they want and, you know, analyze it and say, hey, you know, based off what you're telling me, this is what you're trying to do. You know, these are this is a great idea. We should also add this, this and this to it. Or we should subtract that, that and that from it. Um, treat it just like a doctor would treat you. My back's hurting. They're going to look at your feet, your knees, your stance. They're going to look at everything. They're going to look at your arch to determine if, you know, this back pain medication or this back brace will solve the problem. So so also always take what they give you. And, and break it down and analyze it and say, okay, you know, I, I definitely see what you need. But if we can add these two things, then we can help achieve more of what you're looking for. But you got to make sure you understand exactly what they're, what what the end goal of it is. What do you want? And, and I ask people straight up, people who are viewing this video for your brand, what do you want them to think once it's over with? What do you want them to do once it's over with? And help them get there. Because they're not going, they're going to just have an idea of a video. They're not going to necessarily know that this will get them there. You know what I'm saying? So, so be that doctor and analyze it and, and work it out. Because I promise you, once you get that figured out, you're going to be able to take that exact same video format to every other, you know, doctor in that niche. And it's going to work. And because and, all of them are going through the same thing. You're just going to create a product for them. Um, just like I'll give you an example, you know, McDonald's determined that people are willing to pay more for a burger that has sesame seeds on it, though, though nobody actually tastes sesame seeds. It just looks expensive. It just looked more expensive than a regular burger. So people were comfortable spending two dollars for, a, you know, a hamburger with a sesame seed bun compared to spending a dollar seventy five for a burger that don't have no sesame seeds on it. What do it cost McDonald's to add sesame seeds to that bun? Half a penny. What do they make? 25 cents. That is one of the best damn investments you can make. So, you know, once you once you work with your beta tester and understand what success looks like, you can replicate that for everybody. And I would I would put it into a package. And on the back end, my systems and processes, you know, keep in mind what you have to capture to get that. You know, we need three talking heads that are at least 30 seconds each. We need 10 B-roll shots. So you can put it on paper and had it and hand it to any Joe Blow with a camera and be like, yo, go there, capture this, and that's it. Bring it back to me. I'll make the magic. So it's just something to think about um, as you work with that beta tester. Because, they're listen, beta testers are going to give you everything you need to be successful. 
especially when you have two or three to com- to bounce it back and forth and compare it, they're giving you everything you need to be successful. So, uh, yeah. There Thank you. A, Appreciate it. There's a question in the chat by Derek. Well, let me see if I can pop that up. Okay, two-part question. I charge 75 for a team of 10 headshots with three images per person. I have a client that wants 15. For the 15 person, should I still give them three piece for each part? Yeah, I, I, I always, so he's asking, I, I usually do three different looks per person, right? And I, I only touch up the one they select. They, what you provide to them raw out of camera without any, if you're sitting down editing color and making colors, pop, no, I don't, I don't do that. The one you select as your, as your select, your one image is the one that I'm editing. I'm whitening teeth and brightening eyes and removing whatever. The colors are going to pop. The rest are not. If you want me to do more than that one, then we can, we can arrange that for, for a fee. So something to think about. Um, yeah, so I, so usually my plans start at, um, if you buy 10 at a time, it's a set. Let's say for instance, if you buy 10 at a time, each additional person is, let's say if you buy 10 for easy numbers, uh, it's a hundred dollars, right? And then it's $9 and 50 cents for each additional person. If you buy 15, it's $150 or, or $140. That'll give you a discount. And then it's $8 for each additional person. Because the goal is for, for me to get you to bring everybody and a mama to take pictures in your whole company. The goal is for me to get the, because I'm not, an extra five people is 10 more minutes of work. You know what I mean? If I'm getting them in and getting them out. I'm not spending a whole lot of time or labor trying to, you know, to be there for extra five people. However, I make a whole lot more money if I can get 25 people headshots in that same hour, I would have did 10. So bring as many as possible and I'll give you a discount, you know, to, to, to kind of help you make that decision kind of as an ascent, an incentive to, to, to keep adding and bringing in more people. That's always the goal. So your pricing should be set up where, you know, more, Give you a discount. Frozen. So so there are quite a few times that I've seen people ask you a question in regards to a, a problem they're facing with a client, and right on the spot, you'll come up with an idea for a video. Like, And that kind of surprises me. How do you get a creative mindset like that? Does that come with time? Or is, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I feel you. I used to be a battle rapper back in the... No, I'm joking. I wasn't a battle rapper. <laughs> that's, that's um, a beat maker. <laughs> it was just a beat maker. Um, so it comes with experience. When you work in your niche a lot, you're going to hear the same stuff over and over and over and over again, right? For me to have a YouTube channel that talks about, um, how to, it talks about the business side, a question that I get a lot of is how to get business. How do I get new clients? I've heard it a thousand times. I can answer it a thousand different ways. So as you live in that, and that's why it's important to get that niche where you're only working with that type of client after about your first six months to a year, nobody's going to be able to throw nothing at you that you haven't seen before. Right. And you're going to be so quick with it that they're going to be like, gosh, this guy's an expert. This guy it's kind of like your mechanic, right? 
If you go ask him questions about your car, he's seen it. He can be like, oh, you got you got a uh a 08 Acura. Yeah, the transmissions usually go bad on those. It's usually the second gear that and he just know it because he see it every day. But if he if he was a, a mechanic and he was a baker and he, you know, sold shoes on the side, his knowledge is gonna be a lot less than, you know, than what it would normally be. Now, mechanics that only work on one brand, like BMWs, they know everything about BMWs. They can tell you everything. Like every, they can look at it. They can tell you what size ratchet to unhook this bumper. They can, it's a 13, you go, they know it. They know it because that's all they work with. So that's why I kind of encourage you to, to, that's one of the things that helps um, as far as staying in your niche and working with one type of client. Because you become the subject matter expert, they know you know your stuff, and by the time they finish working with you, they don't want to work with nobody else. Because those other videographers that shoot everything are like, uh, um, maybe we can, maybe we should come up with an idea that can, you know what I'm saying? Instead of saying, you know what, I work with three clients that went through something similar to this. This is what we did to get them over this. And this is what can help you take yours to the next level. In fact, let me show you some content that we did for other clients to help take them to the next level because they came to me with the same questions you came to me with. You know what I'm saying? So you kind of have a track record for success and it just come with time. But if you're everywhere, it's hard to develop. You know what I'm saying? It's just hard to develop. Now, when you say everywhere, are you referring to, cause I know you say niche. Now, when you say niche, do you mean one specific industry or yes. the type of video? Like One one industry. Because you're going to learn that one industry, like I'll give you an example. So for a time, I worked with nothing but like Kickstarters, right? They only needed one type of video, right? They needed a video that explained their product, who they are. And that was it. And why you should invest in them or buy it or, or follow them. That was it. We I shot... 50 of those things i was tired of doing them but because that was my type my niche that's the type of video they needed all day every day if they didn't need it all in one video they needed a video about their product explaining what their product does and then they needed one explaining what their brand is hey my name is john i started this company you know a long story me and my friend love playing with hot wheels so back in the day we would build hot wheel tracks and and now we have a company where we build super hot wheel tracks with your help, we want to grow the company and blah, blah, blah. Support us because we love doing this. We've been doing it. You know, we're made right here in America, and we're the best Hot Wheel track maker on the planet. Next, we'll do a video about the Hot Wheel track that they've created and why you should back it. You know what I'm saying? So those videos are the same for every – I don't care what you make. You can make products for dogs. We're doing a video about how me and John love dogs. We've been We had dogs since 1983, and we take care of dogs and blah, blah, blah. We're from Nebraska and we blah, blah, blah. Create that video. Next is we got the dog back scratcher, which is a new item we came out to scratch your dog's back. It came from an idea John had, scratching it. You know what I'm saying? Like those two videos, all day long, all day long. And I can create a process where it start with, what's your story so we can write it? Um, We need to get you on, we need to get three talking head shots of you either by yourself or you and other people in the company kind of going over your story. You know, even though we have it scripted, we want to just get you reading it so we can have you say, hey, you know, back in 1983, me and John, you know, we had a bunch of dogs and then we can go into the B-roll shots. I know I need 12 B-roll shots to fill this out. I know the script needs to be two pages to keep it under two minutes. So once you start doing that a lot, it'll be second nature to you. Kind of and think about it like, 
you know, your parents, your mother can cook a, your favorite dish. She don't got to look at ingredients or nothing. She just know. You can hand her any size skillet, bowl, plate. She know how to make it just off the top of her head. You'll become that way as you work with the same niche over and over again. So it's just something, something that, it's just something that'll, as you grow, it'll grow with you and you'll become, you, I mean, and, and think about it, you know, your mother can tell you, I don't, I don't use uh stevia with my cake cause it don't taste right. You'll have that same, you know, cause clients will come to you with ideas. Like what about if we did this? And you can kind of say, you know what? We tried that with a different client. We didn't have as much success, but what we did learn is if we did this and that and broke it up into two separate videos, you know, we were able to help the client do this or do that or reach this type of audience. You, you'll have, because a lot of times they're going to bring you ideas and you'll have the knowledge to kind of push back on those ideas. And, and usually when you can explain why to a client and, and that why has to do with their investment or their return on investment, they'll listen. Like, hey, you know what? We had a client try it. Viewership dropped by 80% when they did this. Um, and they weren't able to reach the goals that they set in place. I'm willing to do it for you, but I'm just, I'm not crazy about that method because the last few times we've tried it, it wasn't as successful. But if that's what you want, Bob, we'll definitely do it. Like just answering it like that, make them feel like, well, dog, um, them cats lost money doing that. I don't want to do it. Uh, I'm just going to, what you say we should do? We're going to stick to that. So that's kind of how you got to position it when you talk to them. Um, because you're the subject matter expert. Just think when in doubt, think of what, what would your doctor do? You can come in there and be like, doc, I need some morphine cause my knee hurt. And the doctor going to be like, well, <laughs> I'm not going to give you some morphine just cause your knee hurt. Like there's other ways we can, you know, you can make get some Tylenol threes or some over the counter stuff. We may not have to go that extreme for some slight knee pain. You know what I'm saying? It could be that your shoes are wrong. It could be that, you, you know, your, your arch is wrong. It could be something simple that would fix it or prevent you from going down that path again um, other than the extreme. Because some people just, they just want the extreme. They got a knee pain. They want a, re a knee replacement. Like, yo, we don't got to do all that yet. You know, this is what we found work for people that are in your situation. So, like I said, as you grow and you, you learn it and you see it all day, every day, you'll be just spitting it out. It just take time. We got, we got, uh, okay. We got, I'm waiting for Mario and, uh, I guess Eli Cameron went out. It's all good. We still keep you on the feed. Just let me know when you pop back up. Any other questions about anybody else dealing with anything as far as COVID? Anybody get any objections because of COVID? And anybody like, nah, you know, we're going to wait. Money tight. Uh, not necessarily rejections, more of uh, waiting to hear back um, with some clients, more more for me, not um, uh, checking back in on them, uh, seeing how, since they're beta testers, mm -hmm. seeing uh, how the videos did for them or asking for um, uh, feedback on a recent edit for another uh, beta tester client. Yeah, with your beta testers, I usually, up front, this is what I'm going to need from you. I'm going to need feedback. I'm going to need probably access to statistics, things like that. I'm going to need that from you before we even start and go move forward with it. I, I'm, those are, that's a part of the deal. I need to see exactly what this is doing for you. Because sometimes you'll get, um, like, like sometimes you'll get feedback and then stats say something different. Oh, I really don't see a difference. Well, 
20,000 people watch this video. Your website views are up 15% since we launched the video. Now, if your website's trash and nobody's calling you, or there's something on your website that's turning people off, you know, that could be a problem. I did a beta tester for um, a company out here in Rockwall. And it was for a gentleman that does um, boat tours. They do boat tours on one of the lakes. And I really did it because I I just got a drone. It was dope to have it out over the water, to see this boat on all this water in the middle of Dallas. And he had a dope boat. Let's just be real. He had a dope boat. And I was like, this will be nice on the real. But but I, I developed a relationship with him. Um, and he was able to tell me, you know, what worked, what didn't work. And we shot a second video and that video got like 200,000 views, um, shot his traffic up through the roof, uh, and, and did wonders for him. And, and you know, what's crazy because we developed that friendship. Um, every time I see him, if I'm out there, he's like, jump on the boat, man. Let's everybody else got to pay like 30 to $40 to get on. He's like, who you, who would you let's go. You know what I'm saying? Not only that, um, he used to be the mayor of that city. So he had a lot of connections. So he plugged me in with a lot of people. And if you watched on the title where I kind of got in a little trouble with the FAA, his video was one of the videos where they contacted him like, yo, who shot this? Why they shot it? And he kind of gave me the heads up like, yo, the block is hot. You know what I'm saying? Like, be careful. Um, and he's not the type of dude you would expect. Like, you know what I'm saying? He, he, he's he not the type of dude you would picture to be the type that look out for a brother. But, hey, he did it. And I and I respect him for that because he kind of gave me the heads up like, yo, investigators are coming. You know, they looking for you, bro. Like, be easy. Like, you know what I'm saying? So um, and I was able to he was like, you know, take care of it. If you don't, you need anything from me, I'll be more than happy to help or say anything. So that worked out. Not only that, I went back for a testimonial because I wasn't at the time I was beta testing it. I wasn't doing testimonials. I just wasn't thinking about it. Um, and I went back. And I was able to do a testimonial from him. And he was like, you know, we did the video. I got 80,000 views in 24 hours and business shot through the roof. Like work with this guy. Like he knows his stuff. So it was something that really, really, really helped me. Um, and a lot of clients would say like, that's the testimonial that did it for me. Like that testimonial, um, you know, talked about the results of the video and no other company, you know, their testimonials like, yeah, it was fun to work with them. Yeah. The video was dope, but that testimonial actually talks about how it helped grow the business. And it talked about numbers. So, I mean, that's something that, you know, I learned just building a relationship with, with that guy. And to this day I can hit him up and be like, Hey, I need another testimonial. You're like, cool. Come on out. Or, Hey, I want to go shoot some more stuff. Or I had, um, when I was shooting weddings, I had a um, a small wedding and they, they lost their venue um, to something. Something happened and they lost their venue. And I called up the guys like, yo, you still doing boat weddings? And I'm like, yeah, well, I got a couple that need, you know, this date. Cool. Say no more. This is the price. Sent it to them. We shifted we shifted um, shifted from their venue to the boat. They could bring like 30, 40 people on the boat. For me, I was able to, to to capture images of a dope wedding on a boat in a sunset with the sun behind them, in front of them, just glowing and looking great. Um, I was able to bring the beta tester business, so I was able to bring him more money. Um, I was also able to have a, a, a client for life with the couple that got married, and they go back to their business world and hired us for other stuff from both of their jobs. 
Um, and I was able to build my uh, portfolio to have, I was able to capture video of um, the guy who owned the boat company during the wedding to provide him with just some clips on, hey, promote the fact that you do weddings on the boat. Well, now I got video. Thanks, Ty. So it kind of worked for me, you know, over and over again. And it was just just having that relationship, just connecting to people and having the ability to network like that brought me thousands of dollars. Probably what tens of decide, thousands. What made you decide to beta test him? How did you find him? Um, I So I like going out to the, to the dock and I just like the water. And I noticed they did boat rides and I just approached him like, yo, this would be dope to shoot. You know, because usually when I'm beta testing someone, I want somebody with a nice facility. What's nicer than a boat on the water in the sunset? And it was like a sailboat, like a big sailboat. So I had these big, like, yellow sails. It was just, and I would always see that sailboat driving past on the bridge over, you know what I'm saying, over the water. I would always see it. Um, and I was like, man, this would be dope to shoot. I got a drone, you know, and I went and shot. I shot so many times. I was shot with the original Osmo I had going. I shot it with my Black Magic. I shot it with my drone, and I just I just wanted to film it. And he was like, Psh, "Come on," and I killed it. So that's kind of how that that got started. So you may you know it, you may approach someone within your niche that got a dope facility. They want to show it off. Trust me, if they spend all that money getting that showroom floor ready to go, they want to show it off. And if they can do it, let them do it, you know. And I, I, I stroke their ego sometimes. Like y'all got this nice building, but y'all videos don't show this. What's up? You know what I'm saying? Like when I walk in here, this place is beautiful. Like I don't see none of this in your website. Had I seen this, I'd have did business with you guys. There's a lot of people that would probably do business with you if they knew what the facility looked like. You get somebody who spent, you know, three hundred thousand redoing their their interior, a dentist or something like that. They may be like, yeah, you're right. Like, let me, let me, let's get this on display. Let's get this in front of people, you know? So it's just something to think about as you, you know, just things that you can do to kind of poke at people. Business owners have egos. Like we all want to be the best. We're all, you know, we all are hunters. You know, we all want to grow and blow up and, and, and be filthy rich, you know, one day. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that, but stroke that ego a little bit. Go in there and use what you have and, and, you know, offer offer something to them. I tell people all the time, when Parker approached me with graphics, he didn't even ask me. He was just like, yo, here's a, I redid one of the thumbnails. You know, here, check it out. You can use it if you want. I was like, this is dope. I wouldn't, I didn't think my thumbnails was that bad. But compared to his, I do now. But it wasn't something I was thinking about. I just wasn't, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't. On the radar for, I didn't care. I'm not saying I didn't care. I cared about how great my thumbnails look, but I wasn't in the market to work with nobody because I felt like they weren't that bad. Could they improve? Yes. But when he approached me like, yo, here, he didn't say, hey man, can you, he was sending me crazy amount of thumbnails before he even asked me a question, a business question. By the time, by the time he sent me so many thumbnails, I was like, dude, how can I help you? What do I got to do? How can I help you out? Because he just came and was like, here, here, here. You know, he didn't he didn't come to me and say, let's work together. Or I've been thinking about, he just approached me like, and, and, and now my goal is to help him grow his business and do his thing simply because the way he approached me. So keep that in mind as you approach your beta tester. 
Sometimes you you know you can just come in and be like, with a, I, I used to walk in with an iPad and pull up their website and pull up their video and be like, ah, you know, what I'm saying not that it's bad, but hey, I got some ideas on how we can improve your video. I'm looking to work with a, with a company as a beta tester. It's not gonna cost you nothing. It ain't no cost down the line. We're not doing this to be getting nothing free or none of that. My goal is to help develop my product, and I see some opportunities here and how we can I can help your video. Would you be interested in that? in exchange for you helping me build out this product, help me get better at this. That's it. And just be real with me. Talk to me. Tell me what I did right, what I did wrong. How can I improve? You know what I'm saying? It's on you, it's on you Frozen. So in regards to the demo reel, mm-hmm. on top of the like professional, like footage of the professional shooters, like in terms of banks or law firms, would you also work? recommend having those anomalies like boat boat tours and you know what I mean those, those those businesses that are you understand yeah I, I think it depends on your niche though it depends specifically who you work with because you can you can show somebody like you got to look at it like this in your demo and i talk about this a little bit in the course in your demo reel you gotta flood them with a minute worth of stuff that they care about right the more you show them stuff that they don't care about, the further back they gonna step. So I'll give you an example, right? If if I'm working, if I'm a company that has a farm, and we sell dairy products, let's just say we sell dairy products, you know what I'm saying? And if if you're if you say that I'm my niche is working with farms to help use content to help them grow their business, if your demo reel got race cars in it, I'm I'm like, what is this guy? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm not going to stay there long. I'm not going to stay there long. And you keep flashing me. Like, I see a little bit of what I like, but I'm seeing stuff that ain't got nothing to do with me. And then I go up against your competition that give me nothing but farm videos, farm clips, cows, sunsets, you know, like barns. That's all I'm seeing. You're not going to beat him. You're not going to beat that guy because that guy's giving me everything I needed. Right. If it's just like if you if I turn to ESPN and they start showing lifetime shows, I'm out. Even if they show one, I'm out. You know what I'm saying? Or at least I'm just like, what is ESPN doing? I don't you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to see a lifetime show. I want to see Brian dunk on somebody You're like that's what I'm here for. If you turn into to to Sports Center and they talk about any like I'm going to give you an example. I'm going to give you an example right now. So so sports networks are starting to carry a little more WWE. They're not talking about it on Sports Center though. That's where they diehards at. You're not gonna sit through Sports Center to see who won the wrestling match, right? You're just not. You'll turn people off. However, there's a time and place for it, but it's not during Sports Center. So if they started talking about that, you know, if they start showing you highlights from The Rock or whatever, you're gonna be like, why are they showing this? You know what I'm saying? Like it's a sport, but. Like, why we, you know what I'm saying? Like, why are they showing this? Show me some real sports. Like, that's, you know what I'm saying? So you don't want to turn people away. The more you can, the goal is with the, is to pull them in as much as possible during that demo reel. The goal is to eliminate any doubt they have for your ability to create content for them. That's the goal. If you show them something that's not on par with what they're coming to you for, you're going to lose them. Or you're going to not have, they're not going to have as much confidence as they could if you would have just blasted them with what they wanted. 
their confidence level will be at like 55, 60. And they'll be like, um, I guess we can try it. And if they feel like that, you're not gonna, they're not going to spend $10,000 to try it. They're going to spend maybe two. But if you can blast them with everything, showing them that this is all you do, you know what I'm saying? They'll spend whatever you ask them to spend. Um, and, 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 you know, look at, think about also like another case where this is big, like plastic surgery, right? So women who want to get certain plastic surgery done, they want breast augmentation. They want to go to the doctor that specializes in breast augmentation. They don't want to go to the doctor that do everything. They want to go to the doctor that do nothing but breast. When you go to his website, it's nothing but breast. That's all they want to go to. They don't want to go to the doctor that's fixing jaw, jaw bones and, you know what I'm saying, liposuction out of the neck. They don't want to go to people that's fixing turkey neck and feet and cleft lip. They don't want to go to that person to touch them. They want to go to this plastic surgeon, that uh, Mr. Breast. That's where they want to go to. You know what I'm saying? That, that was my nickname in middle school. But anyway, that's where they want to go to, and that's all they want to work with to get that done. So you got to be that guy when it comes to creating content. And if you're real, show a leg or a thigh, they're going to be like, what is this? I'm out of here. You know what I'm saying? Or at least they're, gonna, they're not going to be as satisfied with the amount of content that you provided. And when I say satisfied, I mean they're not going to be as convinced. You know what I'm saying? If I take you to a chicken joint and they the number one chicken joint and, you know, somehow they bring out something that ain't got nothing to do with, you know, with chicken. You know what I'm saying? You're going to be like, what is this? I came here for the, you know what I'm saying? This ain't no real chicken joint. Or if I take you to a Jamaican food and then they come out with breadsticks and pasta, you're going to be like, bruh, like, what is this? You know what I'm saying? It's not a real, they not, the, they can't be the best. So it's just something to think about as you create that, as you create that, uh, that real, I want to bust you in the face with as much, um, content that's based on what you're looking for as possible. So your decision is easier because subconsciously they're adding up, like they're adding up what they're comfortable with spending with you based off what you've shown them. You know, people only trust you as much as they can trust you based off what you've given them. So don't give them no doubt or no reason to feel like they can't fully trust you. That's one of the most important things I learned when create, because my reel was everywhere, man. I had clips from movies that I did, thinking like, "Oh, look at the lighting. The lighting is dynamic. Look at the shot we got." You know what I'm saying? Like, I had a bunch of stuff. I had people getting shot in my doggone demo. I did. I had people getting shot in my demo reel. And to me, I'm thinking the CGI is just dope. Like we killed it. And somebody who looking to, to have me film for their church is like, "Did somebody? Did you just see the guy get shot?" Next, you know what I'm saying? Like. I didn't understand. I didn't get it because I was like, the shot is dope. That was some, you know what I'm saying? That was some old Alfred Hitchcock stuff. And they like, we don't need Alfred Hitchcock for a kid commercial. You know what I'm saying? You're scaring me, bro. So, you know, but I had to learn. It just, you know, took time. My bad for that long answer. But uh, I feel like it's something that, you know, I feel like it's something that took me some time to understand. I'm just going to be real with you. I had three demo reels before I had the one to put money in my pocket. And I, was, I, I, I didn't think it was that. And it was exactly that. Because nobody would tell you. Like, nobody would be like, hmm, it was your reel. So, you know, I wanted to kind of put that out there. All right.
Anybody got any any other questions about this or anything related? Yeah, I had a question on uh, licensing. Mm -hmm. I wasn't really understanding it, so I could present it to somebody and, you know, what are you paying for with the licensing and what happens after you license it for a year and they want to keep continuing to use it and um, you know, just a little bit more about that. Okay, perfect, perfect. So licensing um, allows, so listen, when you, if, if somebody hire you to create something, right, typically you own it. I'm just licensing it to you so that you can use it, right? So um, when someone renews that license, they agree to use it. They agree to pay you to use it again. Often I've used a lot of license agreements when I've done real estate, um, mostly with apartment complexes. I'm always looking to, to license images to them. Because apartment complexes usually want to use those images year after year after year unless they do some big remodeling. Um, and you'll sell it to them at a discounted price so that you can license it to them. You know, typically for us to capture, you know, 300 images, you know, we usually charge about 600, 500 an image. However, we can license, we can capture the images and license them to you every year for $1,500, something like that. But you you own that. You own those images. Even though they hire you to come out and do it, you still are the owner of those images. Now, because they're hiring you as a contractor. Now, if they hire you as an employee, that's different. You can't get hired by a company because usually when you do get hired by a company, you sign a waiver saying that anything that you create while at being an employee of this company belongs to the company. I remember working for Radio Shack years ago. They had it where if you invent anything while being an employee for Radio Shack, they own it. They own it. If you invent something at home in your garage and you blow up, they're like, oh, you're an employee of Radio Shack. Thank you. You sign that over. We can go to court if you want to, and all we're going to do is present your signature, and we're going to go home with that invention. Um, so licensing is a cheaper way for um, – it's a cheaper way for businesses to obtain content. Now – there's ways I like to layer it to make it even an even better deal for businesses is I license within a subscription. So not only are you going to get this image for the next year, but we'll come out next year and capture a newer updated image if needed. You know, things like that we will come out in the wintertime and we'll capture great images with the snow or your leasing office with Christmas decorations. So that's how I usually layer it to get a little more out the client and keep that relationship going to get that longevity with the client. Hey, we'll come out four times a year seasonally to capture different stuff for different seasons. You want fall, you want the leaves are falling. Let's get good images of it. Let's show how the front of the building look with leaves. And then you got to think about um, in real estate and, and things like that. People want to update their Google maps, their Google pages, their Facebook, all of that stuff. They want to update it. So a licensing kind of keeps you, um, a license and make sure that you own the images and, and it also, let's say you do a license that doesn't require an update, right? Cause you can do a license like, Hey, I'm gonna license you this image. You pay for it as yours, as long as you want to use it. That license, like a contract can stipulate how you can use this image. If I see my image on a billboard, we got a problem. I didn't give you permission to use it like that. You didn't even hire me to use it like that. If I see it on broadcast, we got a problem. 
If I see it on a postcard, we got a problem. I created this content specifically for your website or your social media. I gave you a price that reflects that. If you're using it, you know, to broadcast to a million people, I didn't give you permission to, for that. That would have been more because now you're using because if you can afford to put it on a national or at least a regional or a statewide um, marketing campaign, you're going to pay a whole lot more than what I charge you for. it. So even if they put it on Facebook and then boost it, you can literally go after them and be like, yo, we didn't give you permission for that. We didn't talk about that. So it's something that say when you say if when you say if I see it on a billboard or we got a problem, what does that mean? Like you do you sue them? Do you ask for more money? Like what's oh, the process? I'm sorry, I'm from the streets. Uh uh, you know, what you usually you got a problem in the streets, you know what I'm saying? We handle it, you know. But yeah, usually um I usually I'm going to approach them with a cease and desist and uh you ain't heard it from me, but that contract pack is coming soon. And we're going to have a whole video de- dedicated to why. If you're in the Facebook group, you totally understand why. But we got some cease and desist that protect intellectual property that's coming soon. Like first half, middle of October. Um, so because they, they don't have the right to use it. And, and usually you would provide your first step is to provide a cease and desist, which means you got to remove it. We got we got to renegotiate this, but you got to remove it immediately. Or I can always go to court and say, "Listen, this is what they signed based off the licensing they agreed to. They start running an ad campaign through this date. I sent them a cease and desist on this date. The campaign remained running through this date. So this is what I think a fair amount is to pay um, for doing that because we didn't have a license agreement." Now they can challenge you on it and y'all can go to court and they can pay your fair amount plus your lawyer fee. Your lawyer will love that. Or sometimes people are like, all right, let me just cut you the check. It's an extra 1500 here. It's an extra thousand here. Cause I don't want to go through all that because I signed it. Cause all you gotta do is go to court and say, as you can see per my contract here that the client signed, this is what they agreed to. We, we did not agree to marketing. We did not agree to, to advertising with it. We agreed for their website and their and their Facebook page only. They're not gonna make a million dollars off my two hundred dollar pictures. Don't work that way, you know. And you have the the raw files and everything. So, but paperwork is what you need. But your first steps is a cease and desist. Next, I'm kicking in the door with baseball bats. And my uh, you know, well, go ahead. I'm sorry. How do you price that? How do you price that um, different levels, like only for this, only for that? And oh. are they expecting to pay that? I don't want to go in and not ask for it. They don't seem professional. Are yeah. clients expecting to pay that? Okay, so pricing usually depends on image, video. It, it depends on what it is. And then it also depends on what scale they're going. Are they doing citywide, statewide, regional, um, nationwide or international. Those are five different levels. I would price it out. And I'm going to be honest with you. There isn't a set bar as to what you should charge. However, what you need to keep in mind is a company that's going to go national with your work is expected to make a certain amount of money off of it. They're not going to go national for $10,000. Usually they aren't going to go national for a hundred thousand dollars. We're talking about millions at that point. So 
if you're asking for one percent of that or a half of percent of half a percent of that, you're still being fair. Companies aren't going to go. They're not going to spend the money for a national campaign to make 50,000. Maybe a city campaign, maybe. I mean, think about it. If 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 a car lot, let's say you did something for, you know. Joe Blow Chevrolet and he advertised he's going to usually go citywide, maybe statewide if he specializes in something, if he's the Corvette King or whatever. Um, I mean, how many cars he going to sell off of? it? You know what I'm saying? Like he may sell an extra 20, 30 cars. He's going to make another two, three hundred thousand dollars. Off of it anyway. That's why usually you don't see a lot of um, car dealerships hire local um, hire local photographers and videographers unless they go live or something. They'll they'll usually have Chevy. Chevy will pay somebody for a national um, licensing. And then to, to, to recoup that cost, they'll sell that commercial to local brands. That's why the commercial will look good. And then it gets to the end and it's like, it get all cheap. Like Joe blows right on the, right down the street. The, you'd be like, dang, the first half was quality. And then we get to the second half and it's try like it's the, you know, the graphics is like, it's just pasted on and they'll, they'll sell it to recoup what they paid in licensing for it. So they'll front. And, and I mean, and it is Chevy usually makes money off those commercials because they sell them to 20 dealerships. They'll, they'll spend a million dollars creating the commercial with the licensing and then they'll sell it to $250,000 or whatever they sell it to 20 different dealerships in 20 different markets. And they'll make that money back. So it'll in turn be cheaper than what the dealership would pay. Um, but, you know, it's still a deal for everybody involved. As long as you have the correct license and you're protecting yourself. Don't want to you don't want to make somebody else rich and you eating Raymond noodles. So it's just something to keep in mind. And it, it could be anything, bro. It, it can be anything. It can be a picture of my face. You know what I'm saying? If you put me on the front of a Wheaties box, we got to talk. I got to come see you. You know what I'm saying? It's just, you know, it's, it's just business. So keep that in mind with your, because we often undervalue our content. We're notorious for undervaluing our content, right? We want to go into a place and then pitch to them how it's going to help them, you know, blow up and do great things. But then we in turn undervalue ourselves. So you have to keep in mind that, if my content can help you make a million, it's worth 1% of that bare minimum. And I'm being generous. I'm, I won't, I really want 10 to 15, but I'm just being, I'm just being generous. So it's just something to keep in mind as you learn to value your content. So, so, um, can, uh, in order to understand that more, can you go like a little bit more deeper into an example or it might be in that video that you talk about with licensing. Like, let's say, for example, that um, a client wants to do podcasts. Um, they also want a video element um, during the negotiation or um, sorry, negotiation through the uh, proposal process where it has the licensing. Do you say like, hey, um, we agreed upon um, this audio will be on Anchor and then um, the video will be posted on social media of YouTube. Uh, Facebook and Twitter um, and then leave it as that or um, add in add in the fact of saying like if uh, licensing is needed for more for national or broadcast um, a renegotiate a renegotiation or a re 
uh, proposal will be needed. And can you go into more examples on that? Perfect. Perfect. Yes. So usually I'm usually when I'm working with a client in the beginning, one of the first things I ask when creating a proposal is where where will this content be seen? In my contract, I'm going to hold you to those places. I usually don't. I, I usually don't leave an area of this is what it costs if you go here. I usually don't. That's up for negotiation. And you never want to put a price on it because if it blow up, it leaves the power in your hand, right? So let me give you an example of where this has happened and why you don't want to cap yourself. Old Country Road. Y'all heard the song a million times. Dude downloaded that song off YouTube, made a hit out of it. It blew up. If I'm the producer... I don't want to stipulate, yeah, if it blow up, just throw me a thousand. Nah, bro. Because now I got the power to say, oh, that's the number one song in the world right now. I want whatever I want. And you got to give it to me. Or you going to pull the song and die with it. It's the number, you know what I'm saying? So leave that, leave that opportunity open, f- open-ended for yourself. Because you may have something that skyrocket. And you want the ability to negotiate that. You don't want them to come back quick with a thousand. Like here we out. And they got the number one song in America. And you sitting there with a thousand dollars when you should have had 10.5 million because the song probably brought in, you know, $25 million. You know what I'm saying? So leave that open ended. We can discuss it in the future because usually they're not going to come to you with it. Unless it's, there's a reason why they're running back to you. Like, okay, let's talk about it. Let's, hey, let's figure this out. Hmm, okay. You know what I'm saying? They, they're not going to come to you if they don't need it. Something has happened. And if you can determine that that thing is taken off, the power is yours. Because they're going to say whatever. If it's moving like that, they're going to almost agree to almost, almost any number that you can come up with. Especially if it's something that's just fire. Like if it's just, you know, if it's just blowing up. Um, they, I'll give you an example. If you do something for a podcast, you're working with a company that creates podcasts, like you were saying, right? And their podcasts blow up. It's featured on the breakfast club. It's on CNN, blah, 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 blah. And they want to come back and talk numbers. You can almost say whatever you want. You can start somewhere crazy and they can be like, all right, you know what I mean? Or they can try to, we don't got that. It ain't there yet. We can do this instead of them, instead of you setting the price, because Sometimes your content will go places that you're not thinking about yet, right? It'll make, it'll make an amount of money that you're not, you don't think is even possible from something you shot halfway on a GoPro, other half on a drone, other half on, you know what I'm saying? It just, it'll go places that you're not conscious of. You need to be prepared to recoup as much of that as possible. And if you cap yourself, you just, you're just shooting yourself in the foot. You're shooting yourself in the foot. Um, it was there was a friend of mine who um sold a beat to a guy, and the beat was he sold him, you know, the right, he just sold him the beat flat out. And the guy was using it um to rap on, and he put out a song that was okay, right? Walmart wanted to use the beat. They wanted to use the beat. Well, the rapper owned the song at that time. He owned it. It was his to do whatever he wanted. A friend of mine who was a producer sold it to the to the rapper for a thousand dollars. The rapper sold it to Walmart for sixty. The producer could have came back and said, "I didn't give you the right to that," but he sold it. He sold everything, all the rights to the beat. He instead of saying, "I'm going to license you," 
I'm going to give you the ability to use your, this track on your song, on your album. Fine. But since he sold them everything outright, he just resold it, made 40 grand, never came out with an album. But he made 40 grand off a beat, you know what I'm saying, off a song that he had on YouTube that a few people heard. So the beat maker messed himself up. So most producers, when they create music, you know, they're licensing it to you. But usually whenever you perform it live, they get a cut. Most producers sitting at home getting a check every time you perform something live. Every time it's used on a commercial, every time it's used on a movie, you don't want to give that up. You want to make sure you retain those rights. So as a content creator, we often undervalue because all it takes is one company to swoop in like, yo, that's dope. We want to use that. You know what I'm saying? Yo, that's, you know what I'm saying? That, that's where it's at. Apple want to use your pictures, your iPhone picture for the iPhone commercial. Shot on the iPhone. And, and now you, you know what I'm saying? So keep that. Keep that close to you. You're an artist. License it, license it, or lease it, but don't sell it. Now, now typically, and I'm gonna be real with you, you don't run into these problems when you're making something specifically for a brand. You know, if I'm shooting a video of your brand and y'all make cookies at your house, the chances of that going viral um, is slim to none so i you know i probably won't jump at the idea of licensing it you know what i'm saying but there are opportunities where we shot some stuff for toyota and i'm licensing like for sure cuz i know toyota got the power to take it international and and i'll be damned if I, my video playing in every dealership in the country and on commercials and i'm making $2000 off of it nah bro so Protect yourself. Everybody but Michael. <laughs> Floor is yours, bro. It's going off of that. Mm-hmm. It feels like that's like level 50 compared to some of us at level 10 to 20. Right. So my next best thing would be stock video. And I know I saw the movie, uh, your video on how to make, uh, you know, money off your B-roll that you're my question to you is like there's many sites and you told us Apple stock. Should we start diversifying our B-roll or just stick with just one and just be consistent with it? Um, Before I answer that, I just want to get Eli on tape eating real quick. Oh, he done. Dang. (laughs) Um, So, um, yes and no. Um, Yes, as in if you're going to work with the biggest company, the largest company. (laughs) If if you're going to do it for a large B-roll company, yes. You got to be careful, though, because a lot of them want exclusive content. They don't want content that you upload other places. Um, And those sites, like I think Adobe is one of them their small print will kind of determine whether that's true or not. Um, but you got to kind of be careful with that because of that stipulation. Um, the lower end sites don't like, I think video blocks is one of them. That's not, but the Adobe's um, there was, there was another company I can't think of. That's, that's one of the top, not, I gotta think it, not audio jungle, but um, video. Oh, hive. And, uh, um, all of those guys, they want exclusive. And that's the thing right now when it comes to 
stock footage is companies are starting to go more exclusive. And they're doing that because they can, they kind of come together to do it because if you can get the same clips over multiple companies, you won't sign up for multiple companies. But if there's certain clips here and certain clips there, you may sign up for two or three. It's kind of what, it's kind of what Netflix is going through now, right? Um, big brands like ABC, they don't want to start sending their shows to Netflix no more, you know, cause they want to come out with their own thing and they want you to sign up for both. So it's all about exclusive content. So rarely will they, and going forward, it's going to get more and more cut and dry where they're not, they want exclusive B-roll and they're not having it. Um, let's, let's mix this B-roll and licensing uh, question thing. Mm-hmm. If I, if I um, upload my footage of, um, I don't know, Japanese um, festival, if I upload that to a B-roll site, did I just sell my rights to that company? Can I no longer use it for um, my, my productions or anything like that? Okay. Um, you can still use it for your production. The licensing. So usually when you upload it to a, a stock footage site, um, you, you give them permission to sell different types of licenses, right? You give them permission to sell a broadcast license and you get money for it. So a standard license is if I want to use it for personal use or internal use, that clip will sell for $20. A regional license, that clip will sell for $250. Broadcast, it may sell for $2,500. Um, to own it, it may sell for $30,000 or whatever. The price usually go up. So usually when you look at a stock site, it'll it'll tell you what, because they, they let you download the license agreement. So they can say, hey, you had access to it. The contract's there. By downloading it, you agreed to that. That's the one you paid for. Um, but you'll have different levels in which that in which you can pay for it when you want to buy it. Now, you as the creator, you'll always have access to it. It's your footage. Now, unless there are now, don't get me wrong, there can be sites with small print that say we now own this. But usually, they're giving you the ability to sell um, a sell a license or sell. You're not really selling your content. You're really selling the license and the usage of your content. And that company makes a cut. So their goal is to say, hey, it's your footage. You give us the right to resell the license. And, and you'll make a cut and we make a cut. Our goal is just to connect you with buyers. Your goal is just to create content. Just like anything I upload on YouTube is not necessarily the property of YouTube. You know, but they have a stake in it. I can go delete it without their permission and, you know, but in their terms and conditions, they, they laid it down today. We can use it for commercials. We can use it for this. We can advertise that. They'll make it clear on what they can do with your footage um, to benefit them. Okay. So uh, uh, in, in my crazy mind of processing, um, their photo stock sites are sort of like the, the Uber of footage. Uh, nice. It's your car. Um, but we're going to license other people using your extra seats. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get a cut, you get a cut, but it's still your car. Yep. Still your car. Yep. Okay. Um, real quick, Josh asks, um, so should we be licensing everything we make for other people? That is subjective. That is subjective. Like I said, if I'm shooting something for a donut shop up the street, I, I may not license it. I, I you know, I, I don't see 
Yes and no. You can say, okay, you guys may be able to advertise. If I'm shooting a training video for a donut shop, I wouldn't license it because they're not going to sell it. Where's it going to go? They're not going to advertise a training video. If I'm shooting promotional material, yes, I'll license it. But if it's internal, they're not going to sell a training video. They usually don't want to get it, want it out because it's giving up recipes and things like that. So usually when I'm doing something like that, I'm promotional, license it. Training, internal, no. So every promotional video you do, you license? Yes. Yes. Hmm. Every promo video you do, you license. Because they have the opportunity to, to go to, to, to have it broadcasted. For video and for photo, right? Since Correct. since we're people do for, both. Okay. Video, photo, and audio. Yes. Now, what about beta testing? You still, if you're doing a promotional video for your, for your beta test, you you license? Yes. Still go through all the contracts you would normally go through. Um, with the, with an average client, you still want to have them do that because you wouldn't. You don't want your beta tester to run off and get rich. <laughs> They're gonna we're gonna run off and get. I mean, you you want to work some out where they can grow. I mean, you can. I'm not saying you can take it as an L, but you can take it as a learning experience. It's a notch on your belt. Hey, we helped this company go from here to here. We shot a commercial for them. It did great. They made a lot of money. You know, we did that for them. We can do it for you. However, as a part of your agreement to beta test, I'm, I'm allowing you. You got you to gotta create the rules and stipulations for the content you create because they'll run off with it. And this is something you got to do with every client. So you should definitely be doing, doing it with beta testers. Mario. So, um, just a question. So, based on on, on these beta tests, I'm 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 working with a few of them right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, like I have like no contracts or anything like that. Like I only be just offering um, just the things from from uh, from invoices. That's it. Now, how would I would I like in this like in my case would I just this is all just ver. Obviously, I'm doing everything verbal. Um, so with this licensing, everything's just like basically luck. What if they blow up or anything like that, or they put it out to like a bigger broadcasting uh, platform? Everything is just luck, right? At, at this point, yep. You are you are you are out there straight raw. It's skin mm-hmm. to, it's skin to skin at this point, bro. <laughs> so, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Because they can just run off and blow up and be like, I don't remember us saying that. Right. He just walked in okay. with a camera and wanted to film it. Or he can almost say, My yeah, cousin. That's all... <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, pretty much. Because that's basically what I'm doing right now. Like, I'm I'm working and I'm editing the, uh, some footage and stuff like that. But, you know, even with my paying customers, like the, the weddings that I shot, the few weddings that I shot, um, it was just, you know, all verbal and in like my, cause I'm using, like I, I'm right now, like I'm learning still uh, Proposify, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm using just like the part of the invoice. And but I'm before that I was, I was just using invoice home and I'm more familiar with that, with that platform as far as typing anything. And then they have a little section that says, um, like, uh, terms and conditions or something like that. And right there, I just show that I just type up something really quick that I, I asked them that if that I can use this for promotional promotional uh, content for my platform and for my website and just stuff like that. And, you know, there's no place for them to sign. And that's it. You know, you know what I mean? That's basically all I'm doing. So I don't know if if 
I'm doing the things correctly or they, and, and if I'm not, this is all I got, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely, I would definitely, uh, wait, let me pop that on the screen real quick. This is a, this is a great time to, uh, here we go. It's a great time to pop that on the screen. <laughs> um, so this is the thing, and, I, and I'm gonna be honest with you. It's it's a scary place, bro, because they could they could pretty much do anything they want with that footage, and you have no way to, of stopping them, other than a right. verbal agreement. And even if you write a few things, like you have the right to use it on your you know, promo for this, a good lawyer will run circles around that, you know, just right. just by saying what exactly is your platform. When we said platform, we meant that you can use it on MySpace. Like, why am I using it on MySpace? Well, that's what <laughs> we meant when we said, like, yo, that, I, so, and, and listen, one of the most, the most important thing about business, and, and you can't, you can't approach people in weddings the way you would approach a company, is the legal side. The legal side is one of the most important sides that you got to have together because it can cost you everything. Look around your room. It can cost you all of that if you do right. it wrong. It no, is, don't even say that. I just purchased a home. <laughs> it can literally cost you all <laughs> like, of that because I'm telling you, you go shoot somebody for free. Some lady trip over a cordless mic. She trip over a lav mic and break a hip. The hip surgery is 300000 100000 80000 they going they going they coming straight up to your account and then they going to start the auction off the rest and it's he say she say at that point um especially if you still have a DBA if you don't have a L if you got an LLC you may have some level of protection but if you got a DBA it's it's worse than a divorce right you know what i'm saying so yeah it, well it, i have yeah go ahead i'm sorry oh no no uh, it, so it's just something you want to be you got to put the legal. I, I honestly, the legal side is more important than the visual side. Like the business side and the steps it takes to get to the point where you're shooting with a beta tester and business period is more important than the filming. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even be like, yo, I can't even shoot it until we get this part together, and then we can move forward from there. Okay. Because so so based on that, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Based on that. What would you? Cause I'm I'm saving uh, I'm saving my money I'm saving my chips and stuff like that, and uh, you know sadly some you know just like just like life like mm-hmm. something happens you know what I mean like for example like uh, I was I was I had some money saved up to, to to get some of the bundles, so I'm in I'm in the position to to be like what should I purchase first whether it's the contract so I can whenever I send an invoice or put on Proposify, send contracts and start practicing the legal side with this, with, you know, my beta testers, or even if I get a, a, a paying client, just send them this, these proposals and these contracts uh, or agreements, or should I do my, my, uh, my, my portfolio so I can be able to gain, like, you know, get a, get something with these beta testers and just like you say, run raw and, build a portfolio and then save up a little bit more money and then get the contracts. Like what should I do first? Just get one contract. You don't gotta get, if you, if you can't start with the whole bundle, cool, just get one, just get video production. Um, and, and start okay. from there. Um, because you want to, you don't want, it's kind of like insurance. Like you pay for it and you hope you never have to use it. 
right? Working with a client without a contract is when you have one scare, you will never want to do it again. You will never want to go without <laughs> one again because all it takes is one scare. And I've had a paying client literally flip out on me like, I'm just for something simple. Um, I had a client who um, we we shot all of their footage and I talked about it a little bit before we were doing, they were doing um, home like decoration and stuff. And she wanted to use one of her friend's house as the house we filmed because she helped decorate it. Her friend had dogs, right? And during the shoot, she's playing with the dogs. Oh, everything, you know, everything's fine. The dogs are running around. And as we're packing up stuff, she literally was like, don't use none of the footage with the dogs. I'm like, all of the footage got the dogs. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. Like, you were just fine. Like, go fluffy, get in the shot. I didn't I didn't wanna, I didn't wanna um, you know piss off my friend but don't use none of the footage with the dog so now i'm telling her like ma'am you literally just killed 95 percent of our footage we have five percent of the footage so i'm gonna either have to charge you for stock footage i'm gonna have to charge you to come back out and reshoot it because i don't have enough footage i don't all i got is talking head and like three shots i don't have enough footage and it's time for us to you know we packed up in the truck getting ready to leave so what are we gonna do Oh, you, this is bad customer service. Like what? Like we're going to have to, she literally was like, we can, you can just give me a refund, but I had a contract. I'm not giving you a refund. I can go home and keep this money and charge you the rest. And you know what I'm saying? Like I, I'm not, you know, thank God she had the retainer, non-refundable retainer signed, or she could have probably like canceled payment or, you know what I'm saying? Called her credit card company or whatever. She can go to whatever extent to try to do it. But you know, I had to remind her like, ma'am, Here's a copy of the non-refundable retainer. Here's, you know what I'm saying? Here's the video production contract. Here's this, here's that, you know? And, and I had to, and, and I'm a, I'm just going to be, I'm going to be 100 with y'all. I had to checkmate her. Like, listen, let me explain to you what we're going to do. Cause the paperwork is signed on my end. We're going to either a schedule a date and time to come out and shoot more. B I'm going to charge you. For B for for uh stock footage so that we can finish the project, or C, I can tell you have a nice day. We can shake hands. I can leave with my retainer. You can go on your way, and I can go empty my hard drives. Like we're in fact, I'm going to give you 48 hours to make the decision. Because I'm not gonna sit here and stand by while you figure it out. Like you know what I'm saying, and wait two three weeks for you to come back up with it when you, you know what I'm saying? Or we can use the footage with the dogs because this is something you should have told me in the beginning. And she was like, Oh, uh, okay. Let's just use the footage with the dogs and I'll pay for some stock. I mean, you, sometimes you have to, you can't be like customers always right. Blah, blah, blah. No, not, right. nah, not in that case. Cause it's going to cost me. A, I got people with me. It's going to cost me a whole nother day of labor Two more hard drives I'm filling up, you know, time away from my friends and family or whatever it is I want to do in my free time to come and reshoot something because you didn't want to make your friends sad and tell them to put their dog up. Like, I'm not going to eat that. Right. You're going to have to eat that. You know what I'm saying? So, and I'm not, I ain't trying to be mean or trying to be, you know what I'm saying? Whatever, but I mean... If you would have saw the shoot, they had they were drinking wine and bubbly and oh yeah, and I mean she rubbing the dog and 
you know, have little. <laughs> I mean, there was times we did takes where she was like, "Have them run through there again, perfect." And then I, and then like literally, when I say literally, I'm closing the door on my van. I'm getting ready to walk out. Thanks, you know, here's my car. We're gonna get the footage to you in this amount of time. And she was like, "I come over there. I'm like, hey, hey, um, I don't want to use any of the footage with the dogs." It's like what? What are you talking? You know what I'm saying? So that's a time where you talking about flexing the contract, bro. I was that contract was like, yo, I wish you would. Cause I'm not right. I'm not gonna eat I'm not gonna eat that a whole day shoot. I'm not gonna eat it. We gotta come to an now, understanding. Okay. I, I see I see your point. And I think I think the the just the video production contract is like ninety seven bucks. Any I'm not really sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there how much? Yeah. yeah, so with I should I should be able to get it this week this weekend then with with our gold member discount then yeah definitely yeah just, yeah. just and, have... um, I was gonna go ahead oh no, no I'm sorry go ahead um I was gonna ask and um um on those on every part of the contract is that does that include also like the um the non refundable retainer part of it or is that is that like in a different section of the contract? Uh so that's the, the non refundable retainer is separate. So the the contracts go a little bit into the deposit or the retainer um to kind of talk about it. But the solid non refundable retainer is, is is a separate contract. Okay. I probably might not I probably skipped it while I was go looking through the through the product section. No problem. Um I think Mac, I was asking a question. I was going to ask a question. So, uh, no, man. Um, you actually asked because uh, we just recently um rebranded. You know, so we got this client that we were going to work with, and he was uh, he's going to be free. He's going to be our, our beta client. Um, we wanted to talking him into like some payment stuff, but he didn't sign any of the contracts we sent him. He just sent the money, and so. You know, like I'm, you know, I was thinking we was going to do it for free anyway. Now we're getting money. So I kind of just let the contract go. You know what I mean? But now I'm listening and I'm like, I got to make sure that contract gets signed because it's from what you sound like, Ty, is like no matter what, that contract needs to get signed. Like you, there's probably never um, a situation where you would ever shoot without a contract in, right? Not at all. And, and people will send you their money quick. They'll send it to you and, and take forever to sign the contract. I'm not moving forward to that contract is signed. That. Okay. Because the money technically is not mine until you sign that contract. You just sent me. You can go and be like, "Oh, we made a mistake. I cashed after whatever. We paid the invoice by mistake. We really don't even want to go with this guy." And and you can demand that money back. It's not my money. Yeah. That retainer is not mine until I have that signature. I'm just wow. holding that those funds, literally. And I don't like to send money back. <laughs> I don't like to send money back. Is the uh, idea of the contract the same idea of uh, getting consent? Yes. Consent to shoot, consent on um, the proposal, on what I provide. Because there's a few things I want to get in writing before I show up. Date and time, location, what's, what are the expectations? What do they expect? What's the, what's the correct dollar amount? What's the fee if we go over? What's the licensing agreement? You know what I'm saying? Things like who's the decision maker? Those are things that I need to go forth in court to say, hey, on the contract, John makes the decisions. John said be there from 7 to 11. John said he want talking head and B-roll. John said blah, blah, blah. John sent the money. So I don't care what Bob's talking about over here. 
because Bob's not on the contract. Your their judge is going to look at everything <laughs> Bob's complaining about and be like, dude, get out the way. This is what John agreed to. You know what I'm saying? And unless John say something different, we're going with John. And even if John says something different, if it's not in writing, this is what we got that John agreed to. When you go in front of, when you go to court and it's your word versus their word, you want to have as much writing as possible because businesses tend to not win. That's why even on a free app, you got seven pages of terms and conditions there and they write it 12 different ways and lawyers to make sure there's no loopholes or ways that you can interpret things other than how they said it so that you can ease on out what you know what the agreement is that's why i don't do simple one page you know receipts i agree to this you agree to that well a good lawyer can interpret that six different ways and you don't want to be in that situation you don't because that company they got good lawyers you don't want to spend thirty thousand dollars to win ten that company will because they'll write it off that company will spend that money they got companies that are just salary that are just waiting that are bored they're sitting at the desk like playing solitaire like oh let's go you don't have that money so to prevent that that $97 contract that's 40% off will save your butt because it saved mine a whole lot of times. It saved mine four to five times this year, especially when people backing out of deals and, you know what I'm saying, things like that. The retainers is mine, buddy. You know, that y'all million-dollar company, y'all going to be fine without this $2,000. I'm not. And this is, you know, I can't, I can't predict – you know, a pandemic. We can move the date. We can do whatever, but I'm, I can move it with you three times, but I'm not refunding it because we had that date set to work on your event. So, you know, it is what it is. Oh, frozen. Go for it, bro. So say you have, um, you're working with a business to create a video. The video is $8,500. How long, and the, the stipulation that they have to, they only could show it on their website. How long would you typically allow them to, to license? How long would you license that video for? And what happens when the term is up? Okay, perfect. Um, so the length is up to me, right? I can say it's yours forever as long as you use it in this capacity. I can say two years. Now, usually with the promo video, I don't really put a time limit on it, a time limit on it, right? I, I usually don't. I do that for um, mostly real estate, right? I usually for, do it for real estate because if you, let's say if you're selling a house and we take pictures for you um, and you use our pictures or you're renting a house out, you know what I'm saying? Two years later, when you go back to market, you're going to pay me again, right? You're going to pay me again unless you flat out buy the pictures. Um, Usually when I do a promo video, the licensing don't cover a length. It just covers an audience or a purpose. If it's if it's just for your website, it's fine. If if local news decide to show your website and your video, it's fine. If you promote your video using local news or local channel, 
that's where we have a problem. So somebody can feature your stuff and say, hey, this is such and such plumbing company up the street. They got a video. You know, this is their video on their website. Check them out. Fine. That's, you know, they didn't pay for that advertisement. But if that company has paid to promote that video with the intent to grow their audience or sell more or whatever, we have a problem. Because I didn't create it for that. That's where you got to cut me some more bread. So I usually like time limit is not a thing with promo videos for me. You know what I'm saying? It's more of the audience. It's more of broadcast. If it's going to reach a billion people, you're going to do a lot of money. You're going to make a lot of money off this video. And I want you to. I create content with the with the hopes that you make a lot of money so that I can charge a lot of money. In my mind, if it's on your website, you're only going to make a certain amount. I'm not going to tax you a million dollars. But if I'm filming Transformers, you're going to pay me. It is what it is. So certain times, there's certain times where um, time is a factor. And it's usually on things that is, um, it's usually for me in the real estate area or anything that's annual, right? We create a video for you. You got an annual party. I put a time limit on it. Because next year, I don't want you to show this same video. And you just sent it to an editor and got the graphics. I took, you know, you got a black bar over it saying 2019 and I say 2020. Nah, bro. That's that's when we got a problem. So um, it, it's something that, that you have to really pay attention to. Um, Josh asks, what is the ratio of actually having to go to court versus just reminding the client that they signed it? Rarely are you going to have to go to court. I've only been to court probably about five times. Um, I've probably reminded the client that they signed a contract about a hundred times. And sometimes that's all it takes. Hey, buddy, go reread that contract. And they, they, you talk to them, they got a whole new attitude. They're like, oh, bet. Yeah, you're right. Um, we're not going to do that. Or we're going to work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that contract is like you ever you ever do something you ain't supposed to do in the shopping mall or in the grocery store and your mama like show you her belt and you're like, Oh, you're right, mama. It's literally like that. <laughs> you ever have a dog show their teeth? It's literally like that. It's, it's something to be like, all right, you're right. What's going on, Rodney? You all right? I'm good. I'm good. I just got out of, uh, got out of recovery for my procedure. So everything that I've been trying to get done today was like the fourth, fourth dive into it. So I think we got everything we done, done that we needed to. So I just want to make sure I showed up. The wife just left and all I got now is my laptop from you guys and the awesome staff here at the hospital. We have a box on you. And, and the nurse? Oh, he caught off. Okay. So real quick, the nurse came back to get some video time. Um, so, um, Visual, um, he, he said, it sounds like that's the reason why Super Bowl ads are so expensive compared to the traditional TV ads because of a larger audience. That is absolutely correct. The licensing for, for a Super Bowl ad because of the audience size, we're talking about an international audience, not just America, is going to be way greater than if you buy um, a commercial for a regular game. Just like Monday night football games 
or Sunday night football games are usually more expensive. So if you put them in order, your regional channel, that's why you see a lot of local stuff on regional channels. You see a lot of local car dealerships. You don't see them for Super Bowl. So your regular Sunday game is going to be at the bottom. Um, then your Sunday night game, America's Game of the Week, is going to be next. Then Monday night football, because everybody and their mama really watching. Um, and then you got playoffs. Then you got like an NFC championship game. And then you have the Super Bowl in that order because the audiences grow. Um, and they're just they're larger and larger. That's why sometimes in sports it feel like, you know, man, they go, they're going to game seven. You know what I'm saying? Like they, it seems like they're extending it and they're pushing it out a little bit. Um, because that's a whole nother game worth of advertising. Marlon, good looking out on the super chat. Um, and that's why like game sevens cost way more than game ones. You know what I'm saying? Or or elimination games are usually more expensive as far as licensing than non-elimination games. Than like game one. Michael, go for it, bro. Do you have any recommendations on video tutorials on using Proposal 5? There was a Flash Film Academy person that was going to do some kind of video tutorial, but I was waiting for it. Long story short, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I'm trying my proposal, like tables and stuff like that, mm-hmm. to itemize. Just I just need a, a better instruction because I... Somehow I messed up my proposal like four times already. I had the table that had all the itemized, and I guess I pressed the button or a keyboard, and it deleted four times. So I must be doing something wrong. Um, let me write that down. There, there was I know I learned by way of videos that they had on their site. Let me see if I can find that. If not, I'll start to put together something. Um, I remember, I remember seeing out. emails from them. Did they do like live chats? I think like Wednesday or Thursdays. Maybe yeah. it was last month. Okay, you see, that's the thing I was getting at. Is there is a there is a way to do it? I just didn't know how to access it. And just the part the part that I'm having trouble is your itemization because I'm still having trouble with the gold, your bronze, silver, and gold. It feels like I have to have three different tables. You do. Is that what I'm seeing? That's correct. Okay. Yep. Okay. I have three three different tables, and then I have okay. a check near each one. You can check all of them, or you can check one. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That just answers a whole lot because it didn't make no sense at that time. Okay. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Will you go over that in the master course, like the three different how to? Okay. So the course, the master course itself, will go over explaining how to break it down into into more detail. Um. As of now, and what's what's already completed, it doesn't go into detail on Proposify because it tells you, you know, depending on what you're using, um, you know, why you should offer it and what should they include. But I can, I can, I, I, I took some notes to kind of maybe um, talk a little bit more about Proposify. Um, but my fear is everybody may not be using Proposify. Some people maybe because you can still do it on HoneyBook. You can do it on really any platform. Um, as long as you understand the idea behind it. Is it possible, like, since this is a living document, the master course, to, like, have a section of, like, how to do in Proposify, how to do it in HoneyBook, or whatever popular platform is said by us, the audience? Definitely. Yes. Um, Let me take notes on that. Definitely. I may do where 
um, those who have purchased the, uh, the master course, maybe we do a live where it's just those who are in the master course and we can kind of go over it and then I'll leave that on, uh, the master course. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Cause in, in regards to the contracts for HoneyBook, if you send a, if you send a proposal up, you have to send separate contracts, each contract, it's not like a proposal where you can have multiple contracts on one proposal on HoneyBook. You have to, you got to send a video production. You got to send a license. You got to, it's like, you know, it, so you, you send it like six different files mm-hmm. as opposed to just having it one page and custom and the client just signed. Okay. Yeah. With, with, with HoneyBook. Yeah. I've been actually talking to them about that. Um, they have been saying something along the lines of using more of a brochure to send it. And then once they agree to it, then um, yeah, use the proposal. Question uh, in the, in the master course or video, um, is it possible that you can show us like how you, how you currently or how you used to mix HoneyBook and Proposify? Because I definitely use my Proposify more than I use my HoneyBook. Um, yeah, I and just to give you a short version of that is I used to, it was almost manually. Like I had a step that was in the middle that says Proposify, and then I would set it up where it's like yes or no. And then I would use uh, like a notation area to leave a link. But yeah, I can I can definitely show you that. But it was it was it was a manual thing. Um I have been fighting to get them to integrate the two and HoneyBook is actually starting to work with Proposify and discussing the idea of integration. But they they're not gonna give me credit for it. Even though I've been screaming and telling them to do it. Yeah. With that said, I'm I'm gonna get ready to wrap because it's been almost two hours. I'm well over my fifty minute mark, but I wanted to make sure we uh answered everything and got everything going. Um oh go ahead, Mike. You're muted, right? Hey. I can't hear him. I didn't mute him. How about now? I hear you. Okay. Thoughts on the Canon C seventy and tie tail. <laughs> Give me another tie tail. <laughs> I gotta think of a tie tail. Um, see, I think the C seventy is dope. I really like the C seventy. Um, do I like it more than a used C two hundred? I don't know. See, I'm a sucker for dynamic range. I don't. I don't care about uh, super slow motion. I, I care about dynamic range. That thing is saying what seventeen plus stops, a dynamic range, a- and it's around the price. It's a little bit more than the Ursa. Um, however, I'm going to sit tight and see what black magic going to do right now. The camera that I'm, that I'm really in- interested in right now, uh, is still the a seven S three just cause it's little man. I'm just mm. being on, on a shoot with my Ursa is just a pain, bro. It's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, I like rolling up with one case, doing what I got to do, filming, being done and gone rather than. You know, I got to put the hand, you know what I'm saying? I got to look, I, it's just, it's a lot. Um, I like to just keep it super simple. And if I can get that same quality in a smaller package, then I am, I would rather do that. Um, yeah. And that's just me. Um, so that's the camera that I'm looking at. Um, you know, it's saying 15 plus stops of dynamic range, but that's C70, like 17, that's, that's red level. Um, 
I'm gonna tell you the the other camera that I'm looking at is the Komodo, is the red Komodo. Um, that's kind of going. I'm gonna say it's going under the radar, but I really want to see what it's capable of doing before I jump out and spend seven grand on a camera just because it's a red. I'm not doing it. Um, but a part of me is, I'm just gonna wait and see what Black Magic's doing. They're sneaky like that. They they'll between I I don't other than the A7S. I don't see myself buying another camera between now and NAB anyway. Um, but I really like the C70. If I was, if I wanted to go blow a, a bunch of bread, I would spend, I would get C70s pretty much for the YouTube setup. Um, but I like the compact size of it. And I knew you got to realize, like I knew something was coming, coming by how they limited the, uh, the R5. I knew something was coming. You know, but Canon just got too many cameras. Like they just got too much, um, and it's—I don't think it's good for them. I don't think it's good for them. They get—they just—they got too many cameras, man. They need to just have like six cameras and just call it a day, you know. But they—I don't know. They just—they just want to make a lot of cameras. Um, as far as tie tails, man. Let's see what I got. I, I man, I gotta, I gotta think. It's certain stuff we talk about that remind me of situations that I was in, um, you know, that I have to think, I have to catch it at the moment or, or take a note. But I you're definitely, not a, you're, yeah, you're not on the spot. I was just saying that because I, I do want to hear, not because of just entertainment, but just to learn yeah. and just look for, for you know, when you're ro- bowling down the lane. I don't, I want to get out of the gutters. You know, I want to. I live so. in the gutter, man. <laughs> I tried not to get in together, sir. I tried not to get in together. I live in together. No, you know, the, the, you just go through so much crap. Like, I, listen, there are some great sides of being in business, and there's some sides that's just like, man, this sucks. And it, and it ain't because sometimes it's a learning experience of not having the right paperwork, not setting the expectation, not being like, look, client, this is what we're going to do. Because you get some people that just want more. And when people feel like you are the company and you're the only person they need to persuade to get more, they will try. If they feel like they just got to convince you, they're going to try to save on it and do all that stuff. So, you know, you just got to you got to you got to lay the you got to lay the expectations or set the expectations in the beginning. And you have to um, practice that with beta clients. You got to practice setting the expectations because they're getting stuff for free and they're still asking you for stuff. So if you go in there and set the expectation where it's like, all right, I'm going to help you within this parameter um, in exchange for this, they won't try to, you know, wobble and bend and break because you can always go back to that paperwork and say, hey, this is what I promised you. This is what I delivered. And you'll get and and you got to do that also because anytime you're working with a client who don't have an ex- expectation they'll just keep doing it like revisions if you don't say three oh man they'll just keep doing it keep doing it keep doing it my bad mac you had a question no it's, it's kind of a question like a statement too so like maybe a little advice so the the guy we working with um we came in like you know looking to do some free stuff for him turns into a paid thing but he's 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 not a bad person but this dude is like he like he'll tell you like uh and he's a contractor, so his phone is blowing up. You trying to talk to him, man? He like, hold on, I gotta take this call. And he'd be like, uh, "I'm not really into the details, man. Just, just do what you gotta do." And I'm like, "Well, hold on a second, bro, because we got we got details. We gotta talk about like if we filming something, or like he like for instance, he didn't want a uh, uh, a teleprompter or a script. He gonna go off the top of his head. Well, we want to ramble in for 17 minutes. The editing behind that mess was crazy. I, and then I'm telling him we're gonna reshoot this, man, because 
because uh, he's still a beta client. I got I'm trying to run through all the, you know, processes and stuff with him, but he's he's not necessarily making it easy when he's not trying to uh, just give me everything that I need. I'm not I'm trying to find a polite way to be like you know not strangle the dude, and be like listen, settle down. You're like you know what I mean? Like I can't tell him to put his phone down and sit down and shut up while I talk to him. So I'm trying to we're trying to work that out right now. Okay, I, that that's perfect. I, um, I've been there before. I've been there and done it. The issue with that client is he doesn't value what you have to offer. He doesn't value what you have to offer. It could be because he's not paying for it. Um, it could be because he well, doesn't. That's the thing. He already gave us two grand, though. See, so oh, okay. he's already paid for it. Um, I, I feel like he paid for it. He felt he kind of feel like, well, you got my money now. Just do what I, you know. To some people, two two grand is a lot. You figure it out. That's how they kind of you figure it out for two grand. So yeah. the, the thing is this, though, the, the parameters that you got to put in place with it um, is the pre-production, right? The writing, you know, what exactly is he paying for for two grand? I got to be laid out. You know, whatever you're not paying for, I expect you to bring to the table or you're going to waste your $2,000 because we're going to show up and be here for, for four hours or whatever time you have set. We're going to film for that time. If we don't get what we need to get because you weren't organized, you're going to waste your two thousand dollars. That also need to be put in, uh, you know, in stone. Um, I don't do the rambling part. I don't do it. We don't work that way. We, we and you can flip it two ways. I mean, really, I'm gonna be real with you. I don't do it because I'm not about to deal with it because it's not consistent. I can't get what I need as an editor. It sucks. I don't want to deal with it. How I explain it to the customer is often we have not had success by allowing people to ramble and it's difficult for us to create um to create how can i put it it's difficult for us to um to paint a picture to paint the correct picture if we don't know what we're painting if we're going into it trying to feel our way through it and it's more expensive for you now if you want to ramble and we're here for eight hours capturing whatever and we're going to spend 22 hours editing it we would love to take your money, but your two thousand dollar video is going to be a ten thousand dollar video. It, it cost you at least it cost at least ten thousand to ramble. So if you ain't spending ten thousand, you're not rambling, because it cost right. at least ten thousand to ramble. Because I got to sit there and go through all that crap. I got to write notes and determine what was said and chop this and move that. I'm not about to do all that for two grand. I've I've taken pictures of cars that didn't say nothing. We ain't even start the car up for more than two grand. We just show it up. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, you kind of have to, and, and look, there's something for your back pocket. You kind of have to, I don't want to say be arrogant about it, but if they see your face light up when they spend two grand, they're going to think it's a lot of money and they're going to think you think it's a lot of money. You kind of got to be like, huh, two grand. We're going to have to make this quick then. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, we can see what we can squeeze in this two grand. So you got to kind of apply the pressure so they're not thinking like, hey, I'm balling. Like, no. Okay. Two grand is you're going to get an eight-second video. Like, we got we to gotta make it quick, sir. So we don't want you. Two grand, you don't have time to ramble. You know what I'm saying? Like, two grand, we got to get to it. Yeah. So you want to make sure that you, you know, you kind of push that. Um, and plus, with a script, you can build it. If they got to say something over, you got to get different angles. You can do all that with a script. I can't do that if you ramble. Because people ramble and you be like, say that again. And they're like, I forgot what I said. We can't do that. Uh. Um, you know, movies aren't made like that. Like, we just can't do it. And and that is really a sign of laziness on his part. So, just like a personal trainer, sometimes people pay you to 
getting to get it to get with him. You know what I'm saying? To light him up. Yeah. So, you know, okay. you you got to go in with a plan because if you don't have a plan, they're paying you to have a plan. My plan is for you not to ramble, for you to write the script. Now, if you don't got if you don't got a script, you're gonna pay me to come up with the script. I'm paying you. You know, we got the plan. If you don't have a location, you want us to find it. You got to pay us to come up with the location. You can't spend two grand and just show up. Two grand ain't enough money to just show up. Two hundred thousand is enough money to just show up, but two grand is not. I and, think maybe my problem is that was because we was planning on it being free anyway. Mm-hmm. So then when when money kind of got put in there, I was you know you think like well I'm just gonna do this for free anyway just to be a better client you know what I mean and then and that's two fine. grand got thrown in there and it kind of got out of hand you know what I mean so and that's fine in my mind when I say free your budget is still two grand you just do another two grand with it so your two minute video went to four four minutes. You know what I'm saying? Even though it's free in my mind, that don't mean it's unlimited. I'm not going to shoot a million dollar video for you for free. In my mind, my budget on what I'm willing to take an L on to get the information I need is this dollar amount. Even when you put some money with it, it still ain't where you talking. You know what I'm saying? Your granddad going to give you a car. He giving you a a 87 Caprice Classic. Just because you bring two grand don't mean you getting a Mercedes SL 550. You're not. Yeah. You're going to go from the Caprice Classic to the, you know, to a Grand Prix or something. You're going to still get a Regal. You're not about to move all the way up, you know what I'm saying, to an Escalade because you put two grand with it. It ain't going to work like that. You know, okay. at, at a dealership, you know, bad credit with two grand is still, still a hoopty. Good credit with one dollar is, you know what I'm saying, is great. So you got to go in with the stipulation of understanding. You got to set the parameters. And if you lay it out, this is what you're getting for free. If I'm laying it all out to you, even if they add that two grand, well, that two grand gets you this much more. But we're still in this. This is what you're getting. By adding this two grand, we're just going to increase it by this. Because as you can see, our prices, you're already getting five thousand dollars or whatever worth of work for free. That two grand just add, you know, this and this extra. If they don't have that expectation, They'll throw it at you like they, you know, like they changing your life. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. have you yeah. doing all kind of jumping through all kind of hoops for two grand. So, you know what I'm saying? That's something that you got to you got to be mindful of. And that's why setting expectations are so important with any client. Legal expectations, product expectations, delivery expectations, revision expectations, all of that need to be set. And because if you if you don't, people will wear you out. They will wear you out, bro. They will get everything they can get from you. Because two grand is a decent amount for video, but they're going to try to get as much as they can for that two grand. And that's just a tactic to, to get more out of you. Because he's going he gonna to spend two grand and try to get 10 grand out of you. You know what I'm saying? He still win. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because that two grand, if he's a contractor, it's nothing. He, he'll drop it and won't even walk back to get it. That two grand is what he paid the concrete company to come a day early. It's nothing to him. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's nothing to him. He's hoping it's a lot to you so he can get a whole lot from you. Oh. So it's something to be mindful of. Z23. Hey. What's going on, bro? I, uh, I wanted to say thank you because I never mapped out the uh the process before for clients and i told you i've been in business for like 10 years but uh my past client i literally said you know the whole revision schedule of 
you know, we're going to send it to you. You got three days to make your, or what I say, I said 72 hours to make your revisions. Mm -hmm. And then you have, um, once those are done, like I did a process and I gave them a whole, what, three or four revisions the whole time. So, uh, I just want to thank you. That tidbit really helped. And, uh, now like the client's actually taking more time instead of just being so, Oh no, you could just fix this here and that there. So <laughs> that nugget really helped. I uh, started implementing that. So just yeah. want to say thank you. And also Steelers three and three now. <laughs> <laughs> Barely. I'll let you have that one. I'll let you have that one. Roethlisberger looking good. He's looking back good again. Yeah. You, you got to set parameters with clients on every, on everything. You don't want to learn that when there's money involved because you're just going to lose money. You're going to lose money in time. If they just like, oh, another revision, another revision. I had a client revision me for six months. For six months. I was like, dude, listen, this is it. We're done after this. Because I didn't set I didn't set nothing in place. I didn't tell them if you don't make a revision in this amount of time, you know what I'm saying, we gonna, it's going to cost you more. They were making dumb revisions. Hey, can you make the shirt blue? Hey, I yeah. got a pimple. Can you remove? Like, yo, I don't got time for that, bro. Like, Really That's like, where I was too. But, but when yeah. you tell them it's a thousand dollars to change the tent of that shirt, they're like maybe we can do without it. Yeah, I bet exactly. you can. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to do it that way. Like you have to do it that way, because they yeah. will nickel and dime you to death. But let me mm -hmm. let me get ready to wrap because I got a nine thirty. I want to make sure I'm definitely on time for that. But I I want to thank you guys for tuning in for this two hours and nine minutes. I think it's a little longer than that. It's like two fifteen. I gotta look at the actual <laughs> clock. Um, All right, thank you. Appreciate your questions. Good questions today, as always. We got Z23 that was able to pop in without the feds this time. So, uh, good looking out. Wait, I think he's looking back. I think they're here. Rodney, got a question. Go for it, bro. Yeah, just real, real, real quick. Um, I, I understand that your style might not be conducive to this, but is it a possibility for like the gold members and or the other lives that you do on Tuesday that when you post them that you can actually do chapters? Um, I'm, I was thinking about that and that's something that I'm, I'm contemplating and I'm trying to find a way to do it where it don't take me three hours to do it. Cause usually yeah. when, when I'm done yeah. on a Tuesday, I'm usually trying to, sometimes I try to rush it to podcast because I'm usually out like at three. Um, but it's something that I am trying to find a way, um, to do it. I may even look into like a Fiverr service if they can do it for a price that's not outrageous. Um, okay. So that's something that I'm definitely, uh, I definitely, uh, I've, it's come across uh, my mind on my desk. All right. Thanks, bro. Yeah. But everybody have a good night. Stay safe. Wear your mask if you want to, if that's your thing. Um, Lakers in four, maybe five. Um, if you're a Saints fan, the, the Lions is taking you out this weekend. Um, and that's that's all I got, man. Y'all be safe. <laughs> You've been listening to Content and Cash, a Flash Film Academy podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel and go to our webpage at www.flashfilmacademy.com.